Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the hit Peacock TV series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each episode in this character-driven murder mystery series. No bullshit. So sit back, relax, crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's get started on this wild ride with Charlie Kale as she solves murders across the United States. This episode, I am talking about episode 5, season 1, episode 5, Time of the Monkey. This episode came out January 2nd of, 2nd of 2023, directed by Lucky McKee. Writing, written by Ryan Johnson, Wyatt Kane, and Charlie Peppers. Guest stars of this episode, Judith Light, S. Empatha, S. Empatha uh, Merkerson, uh, K. Callen, Reed, Bernie, Simon Hilberg, and Darius Frazier. The overall, this episode, we have Charlie is working at a retirement community right and making some new friends irene and joyce are a couple of badass old ladies who enjoy their weed and breaking the rules uh after a few resident after a new resident i should say has a heart attack charlie inadvertently starts to uncover the why behind some simple lies she knows she's noticed when Charlie discovers the truth, everything she knows blows up in her face, and this is a rarely uh, uh, a really fun episode, I should say, uh, super fun episode with Charlie, who actually gets her hands a little bloody. She gets she gets a little down and dirty in this episode, which I appreciate. Right? She's literally fighting for her life at one point in this in this episode, so the stakes are pretty high. Um, great episode. I really enjoyed it. Let's get into this episode, right? It starts with uh, an old lady dead getting zipped up into a body bag and wheeled out, right? Not the victim of this episode. Uh, just a another former resident of this retirement community, a thing that happens at in life to everybody. And I'm sure it happens pretty regularly in a, in a uh, retirement community. Um, but you have two old ladies, Irene and Joyce. Uh, one of them doing dips, right, getting her workout on, strengthening her arms. She is in a wheelchair, so she is, you know, staying fit despite being uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, the other is misting her cannabis plants in her little grow closet uh, or on the patio. I'm not exactly sure. And they have some tater tots cooking in the air fryer as the best way to cook. I mean, first off. If you're smoking weed, tater tots are absolutely delicious, and the best and easiest way to cook most things is in an air fryer. And I'm telling you, tater tots never taste as good as when they are fresh out of an air fryer. Nice and crispy and, ah, so good. I'm hungry right now just thinking about it, right? Uh, and uh, they go into the kind of common area uh, they have Joyce and Irene, no luck trying to get the remote for the TV that's in kind of this rec room common area where everybody goes, the clubhouse, possibly it may be referred to. Um, and everybody who is part of this community, they wear like a 
bracelet that tracks their vital signs. Makes sense. New technology. Wearables are everywhere. Uh, and they have every person has their uh, bracelet to track their vital signs. Uh, there is a field trip that is planned. And one of the ladies is going around trying to get people to sign up. And uh, the two old ladies, Irene and Joyce, talk shit about it. It's like, what, who do you think we are? We're like kids over here. You're going to go to a field trip to a zoo? And the old lady, not a uh, very much a curmudgeon uh, in this in this show in this episode, and uh, threatening to report them for their weed plants. Right? She knows they don't have glaucoma, which is, I mean, in the age of medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, to refer to the only use, the go-to use. For weed to be glaucoma i mean it makes sense that it's an old lady making this reference but i gotta say that is a dated like dated kind of an excuse to for somebody to be smoking weed regardless she also shows that she's a little bit racist talking shit about this uh their mahjong game that they're playing right so of course anti-weed also uh, not very <laughs> culturally aware when it comes to uh, things that are available in the world for entertainment and games. Um, and her name is Betty. And they kind of play into it. Like, you're right, Betty. We're Satanists who love drugs, right? Which is the best kind of response to any kind of conservative person that is really ridiculous when it comes to very innocuous things that somebody things that have never been responsible for death in human life in the existence of humans mahjong and weed two of the safer things that anybody could do in their life and probably the more entertaining things you can do in your life and both of them at the same time they spot this new guy who's coming in this new resident Right, and they, they have a shocked look on their face. They recognize this guy. Right? Cut to later that night. They have like I'm assuming they're roommates, they have their own little house, right? So this community, a little bit bigger, you know, probably little connected little homes or whatever. But these two ladies either live together or they're always hanging out together. Regardless, they're at this house and they agree. They look at each other, uh, and they agree they need to kill that motherfucker. Assuming it's the new guy. I assume it's the only person, aside from Betty. Maybe they want to kill Betty, but by the look on their face, we just saw them see this new guy, and they have a shocked look, and next thing you know, they're agreeing on having to kill some motherfuckers. So, cut to them uh, getting uh, getting uh, their... getting the some chemicals for, from the gardener for their weed, right? Getting some chemicals, cut to them signing up for the field trip to the zoo all of a sudden. Uh, you have them distracting, uh, one of them distracting a nurse, kind of running into this cart that he's pushing down the hallway to sneak some syringe, some syringes. So they're, they're getting their necessities ready to supposedly kill this motherfucker, right? And then... They're kind of in the common room playing their mahjong, eyeing the restroom until some old dude comes out. And then they, they make it known, like they, they say out, like, make it uh, very 
noticeable that they're one of them's going to go use the restroom, right? Really got to get this alibi set. I'm about, I think I'm going to go use the restroom, Joyce. How why don't you wheel me over there? So, right, clearly making it known that that she's going to be uh going to the shitter. And then she once in the restroom, she wheels herself to the window climbs out the window climbs scales this lattice work that's on the side of the building right she's wearing a floral pattern jumpsuit or whatever i don't know what you would call that piece of clothing that outfit that she's wearing as she's just using her upper body strength only to scale this lattice work right but because she's wearing this floral print thing the landscaper that is down below that they acquired these chemicals from doesn't notice when she just kind of posts up and stays still right perfect kind of camouflage for what she's doing as she's scaling the side of this wall and crawling into the window that's up there right and uh she crawls herself over to this guy who's sleeping in his bed right and then she grabs, uh, she crawls to his bed. Uh, she r- removes his bracelet off of him. And before one of the nurses like was giving her shit for not charging her bracelet. So she's well known for not keeping her bracelet charged. She doesn't want to have people keep tabs on her, right? She's rebellious in every way. Both of these women are, but she swaps the bracelets, right? She puts his bracelet on her and she puts her assumingly dead bracelet on this guy, right? And then she injects him with this homemade poison that they concocted, right? The syringe that they stole, the chemicals they got, pumps it right into this guy, and then she puts then she puts the dead bracelet on her right so she before she kills him she's got his bracelet on so the heart rate is still normal and then not giving anything and then putting her dead bracelet on and downstairs while this is happening you have betty trying to get these people to go they're got a the bus is waiting for them to go on their field trip uh also there's other people waiting outside the door that need to use the restroom so there's a little bit of a crowd gathering outside of this restroom and joyce is doing her best to you know keep them away it's like listen she's got diarrhea you gotta wait your time and betty impatient right busts into this bathroom and thankfully irene is already down back in her chair pulling a paper towel out of the dispenser and uh asking if betty wants to wipe her ass because she's got plenty crevices she could use the help right very smooth execution which i appreciated right they they knew their plan they executed it perfectly it went down perfectly as they leave you know retirement community of course there's like toxic you know or uh dangerous material hazardous material dispensers around so they put the syringe inside one of the dispensers which is where you would put it so nobody gets hurt and they would never be able to you know how are they gonna know where who when how right so perfect very smooth for them dumping the syringes in the thing so now cut to the zoo and they're sneaking away 
right? Because they their plan isn't done yet, right? They did part of the plan. They killed the dude. They killed the motherfucker. Now they're at the zoo, right? And they still need to do one more step. And they need to sneak away to do this. And, of course, they're known as smoking weed. So when they say they're going to go, you know, do their thing, whatever, nobody is the wiser. So they sneak away and... The uh, Irene gets, she's wearing the dude's bracelet, so Joyce tases Irene to make it seem like on the bracelet that, she, that this old dude is having a heart attack, right? Brilliant, brilliant. And then, so, and then the dead bracelet is on this guy. So, you know, they, so the, the thing, people think at the retirement home, which these ladies aren't at, they're at the zoo now. Right, the time this guy, the time of death is going to be while they're at the zoo. This is a brilliant plan, right? Gets tased, then takes the bracelet off, Crick, because you know, oh, flatline. All of a sudden, no heartbeat now. Uh, let's see. Cut two, right? First part of the episode, we see the murder happen. Don't see our hero yet. Aside from the stall where we heard Charlie's voice, it's always that second act where we see our hero, our fearless leader, Charlie Kale. So as we do in every episode, we cut to our hero, Charlie Kale, vacuuming, right? She is part of the staff working at this retirement community. You have this old guy coming over and flirting with her, making a in insinuation comparing the vacuum to blowjob reference uh find out that 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 old dude that creepy old dude's name is pervy pete makes complete sense right he's shooed away by betty betty's like get away get out of here pete right and betty's kind of giving kale charlie the the lay of the land giving her the tour right and she's pointing out the two rebellious old ladies right she's like don't don't do that. They turn on their music, and Betty's like, why are you putting that music on the Ghetto Blaster? Uh, very, uh, a term that's like, <laughs> I mean, that makes sense that she would say that as well. Uh, but there, and it's like some generic hip-hop music. I don't, th I mean, who, who wants to pay copyright royalties for an actual song? But you see these ladies dancing to this music as they have their boombox on top of the table. They're playing Mahjong, right? Really disturbing everybody, and especially Betty. And they both flip Betty the bird, right? And of course, Charlie's like, oh, these chicks are, are badass, right? She's she she loves a fellow rebel, right? And Betty tells her tells Charlie to stay away from them, right? Cut two, of course, Charlie uh, playing shuffleboard with them as they're sharing a joint, right? So <laughs> obviously Betty's Betty's warning and and request goes completely un unrecognized uh, by Charlie as she's smoking weed and playing shuffleboard with them, getting to know these awesome old ladies, right? And uh, they introduce Charlie to rage therapy, just screaming really loud, right? And uh, finding out that they were both former kind of political prisoners from the 70s, right? That's why they were in prison before they went to this, uh, this retirement home, right? And they tell her how they met this guy, Gabriel, how they got into 
protesting back then. They met this guy, Gabriel, who's kind of like the leader of this movement, kind of a little bit of a cult leader in some ways for this movement, right? But he was hot. He had a huge fire hydrant. Dude's got a big dick. And uh, Charlie absolutely loves these ladies, right? Flashback to them making protest signs, just kind of a room that's got the haze of weed smoke. You got a guy playing the acoustic guitar. It's all peace and love, man. And, uh, you know, they're just fighting against the man, man, right? And uh, even a popular band, their group, uh, not a popular band, but a band put used the picture of their group as their album cover. And the band's name is the Droopy Hughes. Right, man? The Droopy Hughes loved our thing, man. And uh, put their picture on the, in, on the uh, album cover. They talk about the threesome that they had with Gabriel. And Charlie's like, Ooh, you, ladies are, you ladies are crazy, man. I love you guys, right? And they refer to Charlie as the euphoria generation, which, of course, you know, and, and Charlie's like, I'm a cusper, which I'm a cusper, too. I imagine I'm the same age as, as uh, Natasha Leone, right? I was born in 1980, right? And it's like at the, literally the cusp between Generation X and Millennial. So I'm like a, a, another, uh, another term I've heard used is elder millennial, right? She's a cusper, right? It's not the Euphoria generation. Far past the Euphoria generation, even though Euphoria, amazing show. Also, the second time Euphoria was brought up in this episode. And then we have uh, Billy, who is one of the nurses, comes by to remind Irene to charge her bracelet, right? Uh, Billy. And this, of course, all is happening before the murder takes place, right? So we further finding out that that Irene is not about charging her bracelet, right? And then Billy notices that Charlie is wearing like she is like decked out in old lady stuff. She's got the old lady sweater. She's got the old lady glasses with the the beaded, you know, lanyard that you put on your glasses so you can take them off when you need to and just hang on your thing. She's got this visor on her head. She is decked out in old lady stuff and she found it all. In the Lost and Found, turns out it wasn't lost. It just comes from a dead lady. And Charlie's like, well, it's got some life to it. I'm giving it some more life, right? As they're playing Mahjong, right? Charlie, Billy's like, you don't live here. Charlie, what are you doing, right? But she's got the old lady garb on because she's, you know, she's she's uh, fitting in with her new f new friends, right? Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote. Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get Get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of the Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com/plus 
and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. And then back to the story, uh, the flashback of what went wrong, right? Where it all went wrong, right? And they were preparing for their biggest direct action. And it shows them in this flashback putting different flowers together in bouquets, right? Very innocuous, joy and love, peace, 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 right? And all of a sudden they got raided, right? They hear something outside. Their dude Gabriel goes out the door. They hear a gunshot and they got they got raided uh and the cops they tell them the gu- cops came in guns a blazing they shot irene in the back as she was trying to run away that is why she is paralyzed from the waist down uh and uh they never knew what happened to gabriel right they didn't know if he got away they didn't know if he got like they heard the gunshot after he went outside to check on things but they don't know. They never heard from him again, so they just assume. I I assume they the gunshot to them means that he he got got. Right. Cut to the new guy, the soon to be dead guy, uh, walking through the door. Right. Checking in. And we're seeing this from his perspective. Right. So different than when we saw him come in before, and the old ladies spot him. Right. Uh, and, uh, he recognizes them too, right? And, uh, Charlie takes his bags up to his room. Uh, he is there with his quote unquote nephew. Uh, and as soon as they get to the room, the nephew's like leaving right away. It's like, well, here you go. I guess that's it. And like kind of very awkward kind of goodbye. Uh, and Charlie tries to make small talk after the nephew leaves, you know, trying to find out if he has anybody in his life. Right. And uh, she doesn't seem to buy that that dude was his nephew. Uh, But the look on his face when he tells her that he has no one, she she takes that as pretty legit. Right. So, you know, she doesn't know this guy, but he's not lying to her. Maybe that nephew guy is lying to her because she's like, "Okay, buddy. Right. And uh, we find out that the new guy, I mean, the way this story is told, I don't think it's a surprise that this new guy is Gabriel. The fact that these two women noticed him seemingly decide to that he is the target of the murder. Obviously, we see them kill him. The story we know about them is this guy, Gabriel, right? They don't know that Gabriel, why he's alive. They assume he's dead, right? So we don't necessarily know why they want to why they want to kill him considering that they loved this guy. I mean clearly we soon find out why, but we find out that this guy is Gabriel. And he goes to visit. He knocks on Irene and Joyce's door at their place later that night, right? He, you know, and he tells them the truth. He tells them that that day when they got busted, Irene got paralyzed that he was working with the cops and you see him as he leaves the area where they were prepping the quote unquote bouquets, uh, that the cop, he just goes into the back of a van as the cops flush in and he is witness protected. Right. And, uh, they say they don't, I mean, they, they forgive him, 
right? Like he asks for forgiveness. Like the one thing that he's like, he's had this dream where they're like walking away and they never turn around. And he's always had this desire to confess to them that of what he did, right? Right. They, they lost their lives. They've been in prison since then. Irene lost her legs, right? And he felt guilty and he wants forgiveness. So they, you know, they say, sure, Gabriel, we forgive you, right? Obviously, if Charlie was there, bullshit, right? As the audience, bullshit. But uh, as soon as he leaves, that is the moment where they look at each other that we saw before and that they plan that they're going to kill that motherfucker. Obviously, we saw them do it. Cut to Joyce outside the bathroom when the everybody's supposed to be leaving for the field trip, right? And uh, Joyce outside the bathroom uh, as Irene is upstairs killing him. Charlie walks by and notices that Joyce is lying about Irene shitting, right? She doesn't know why she would be lying about that because that's what the show is. The show isn't about finding out what those lies are. The finding out is why. Why would she be lying? That's a weird thing to lie about. Cut to them at the zoo now. Uh, and Charlie shows these old ladies. She's like, look what I found on Etsy. She opens up her sweater and she's got a droopy, a droopy hues. Uh, sweater on that's got the picture of their group and she's like point out Gabriel's Gabriel and they do and she's like oh I knew that was him look at that fire hydrant of course you guys weren't lying about that dick and uh, so she's all stoked she's like a fan she's fangirling out about these women she loves these women right and uh, they uh, lie about having an allergy to monkey and dander like telling Charlie, like, oh, we got to we're going to not watch this monkey show. Right. We're going to go. We have this. And she's like, bullshit. You don't have that. And she just assumes they're going to go get high. Right. Cut to the primate show where the monkey is reading the time on the clock. Right. It's 223. Obviously, that time comes back later. Very significant. Right. And as they get back to the home, Ben, which is Gabriel's new name is being wheeled out zipped up in a body bag right he died while they were at the zoo as we knew as we saw earlier cut to charlie at ben's funeral funeral service where she sits next down to sits down to his quote-unquote nephew right and she tells him it's like oh you're the fake nephew right and he tries to keep up the lie but obviously she knows that it's all bullshit and then he asks her why she showed up. And she's like, well, he said he had nobody and it wasn't bullshit. So she thought she would show up. And the quote unquote nephews like, well, since the dude is dead, I guess I can tell you uh, that Ben was in the witness protection program. And the nephew is I think it's Luca, I believe, or Lucas is an FBI agent, right? And uh, clearly somebody not that great at his job because he, for whatever reason, decided to put this guy in witness protection into a retirement community that has two people that he was responsible for putting in prison. Right. So clearly. And of course, that comes they find that out later. Right. And Charlie trying to find out what Ben did. Charlie doesn't know Ben is is uh, is Gabriel yet, 
right? But then when they go do the viewing, she like recognizes, like, I know this guy, right? And then she's like, remembers, oh, the fire hydrant. And then she points to Gabriel on her shirt. It's like, oh, this is him. I know this guy, right? And that's where the caseworker realizes that he messed up. Right. That's where he realized that, oh, Joyce and Irene are at this. Like, she's like, how did you know about that? She's like, oh, Joyce and Irene. And he's like, oh, no, I made a huge mistake. Right. But there's no proof of it. Right. Cut to the FBI showing up to question Joyce and Irene. Right. And they look over at Charlie in that moment. Like, like OK, like the only person that could have connected them is Charlie. They look over at Charlie. Right assuming that she had something to do with the FBI showing up. And uh, as they're walking out to being questioned, Betty is going up to the FBI agent, ratting on them about their weed and how they were sexually zapping each other at the zoo, right? And he just kind of blows her off. It's like, okay, lady, we don't care about that, right? And then he tells Charlie uh, that the bracelet and them being at the zoo clears them of killing gabriel like they were clearly not there the bracelet thing right that's he died whatever all that stuff makes sense there's no evidence to prove anything even though it seems like they would be the ones all of the signs pointing to them being the ones to kill him they were super intelligent with how they set up this murder right and then that's when Charlie finds out that Gabriel ratted them out, um, but still doesn't believe that they killed him. They killed him anyway, right? Because she knew she saw them at the zoo. She's like, there's no way they could have gotten back in time to do it. But at the same time, Charlie's perception of these two women is completely shattered as she finds out that they were arrested because they are planning on bombing a uh, model UN with pressure cooker bombs, right? A model UN, not even the adult UN, not the real UN, but a bunch of high school students pretending to be the UN. That was the target that this peace and love bouquets that they were making. They were actually filling uh, pressure cookers with shrapnel, right? And uh, Luca gives Charlie his card and tells her to watch her back, right? It's like, we have no proof of this. It would make sense that they would kill him. This is what they were doing. So, like, Charlie's complete perspective of these two women has gone complete and utter 180, where now she's like, oh, they were domestic terrorists. They weren't nonviolent protesters. They were terrorists. Going to kill kids, right? And then the ladies ask Charlie later on, ask Charlie if she's a rat, right? And she tells them she didn't even know that dude was in the FBI, right? And she asks why they didn't tell her that Ben was Gabriel, right? And they tell, they tell her about when uh, he came to apologize uh, for setting them up and they said they forgive him. Obviously, Charlie uh, doesn't believe that. And uh, although it wasn't, they technically, I guess, said the word. So maybe she doesn't really, that's not the big thing. But Charlie brings up that they were going to bomb this these high school kids, right? And they, they try to 
justify it, right? They were stopping the future fascists of America, right? All these kids, they're just going to become fascists. So they're trying to stop that from happening, right? They're trying to justify what they were going to do, right? And they're like, oh, it was a different time, which is like such a sad excuse for bad behavior. Whether somebody is racist or homophobic or misogynist or any of those things, to just excuse that. I see people using that excuse for people my age that are basically conservatives, but they pretend to be like they're moderate, I guess, where they, they still have a lot of conservative values, but then they they vote Democrat or whatever. Like they have this old fashioned mindset. It's like, no, they're just like it's not it's not an age thing. There are children that are racist and homophobic because they've been they've been groomed to be those things. And it's not an age thing. It's not a time thing. Like there were people even back then who believed that like there should be equal rights for everybody. Progressive ideas aren't a new thing to human society. It is just gained in popularity over the time where more and more people seem to and are more open about those things. But fascism, fascism has been fascism. Racism has been racism. It's not an age thing. It's not a generational thing. So I don't buy that excuse of it was a different times. Like, well, it's not that time anymore. It's cultural. Culture is vastly different. And you've just decided not to change. You've decided to dig your heels in and maintain your identity as a racist and only excusing it by saying it was a different time, right? But I do also understand how, you know, maybe you do. I, fucking in my past, I probably said and did things that were culturally insensitive in today's standards, and I was just ignorant and didn't know. So, you know, I guess it was a different time, but also I wasn't trying to bomb some kids at a Model UN. Either way, right? Charlie asked them flat out if they killed Ben, right? She wants to know the truth, and whatever they say, she will know the truth, right? But instead, Irene asks her if she's wearing a wire, right? They don't answer that question. They just assume that, like, oh, you're asking us that question. You must be you, – you're working with the feds, right? And she goes to talk to this mic that they think Charlie's wearing, which, of course, she's not. Charlie's mind is blown, right, even more so. Right. Because she's just like, oh, OK, you must have that. If you think I'm wearing a wire, then, of course, you, you're you, you are the real answer would be you confessing. So they don't want that confession to be on tape. Right. And Charlie's new perspective that they are just assholes. Right. And she leaves. And again, these Irene and Joyce look at each other and they're like, you thinking what I'm thinking? Right. They, they, they're not done covering this thing up, right? They, tar Charlie's the new, the new target. Uh, so Charlie goes to ask the three ladies who are always in front of the TV in the common room, uh, who are obsessed with mystery shows. And she's like, ask them about poisons that could be used to fake a heart attack. Right. And these ladies have probably... 10 different they're like oh this can work that can work all these different things right and they find out that uh one of the chemicals that they mentioned is a common 
commonly used in gardening. So, of course, Charlie goes to the landscaper where we know the old ladies got this stuff from and, uh, you know, play it off because they are growing weed in their apartment and they just said that they went through it faster. Uh, so that's why they needed the extra stuff. Um, so she finds out that they did get the sodium nitrate from the landscaper, right? She's putting the piece together. Charlie is on the case. Uh, then Charlie calls Luca with the information. And of course, Luca, who is not the most professional, not the best at his job, answers the phone on speakerphone with another, uh, another, uh, secret identity guy right uh witness protection guy but she's like don't worry about it don't worry about it right this guy is not the greatest with with keeping his people safe and that kind of concerns the witness protection guy that's in the car with him it's like you like what are we doing here like you're not really following things by the book and uh charlie realized that the time of death is the same time that the monkey, right? Oh, it's 223. That's this, that's the time of the monkey, right? And uh, they're like, maybe they fake the time of the death, right? Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than inspiredisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from the many faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of The Ray Taylor Show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. Thank you for considering InspireDisorder.com for all of your gift needs and now back to the show and B billy walks by just then and charlie like asks him about the tablet he has with all the different you know bracelet readings with all the vital signs and he wants she wants to see the ben's uh size you know ben's information from that day and at first billy's like i can't this is a hipaa violation charlie's like ah what are you what are you gonna do and he's like oh you're right so sh she ends up seeing it and she asks if it, the data can be changed. Like, no, you can't can't change the data. This is just recording it, right? And then she notices that earlier that day that the heartbeat changed. And, of course, right, right before they went to the zoo, that's when it happened, right? And then she puts together uh, that she noticed Joyce bullshitting about shitting. She's like, oh, wait. So during that time, she knew that Joyce was bullshitting about Irene shitting. So it's like that could have she could have had. So she goes into the restroom. She's looking out the window. She calls Luca again and she tells him her theory. She's like, I think she climbed up this lattice work, right? Swapped out the bracelets, right? They faked the heart attack at the zoo, right? And Luca's like, listen, as Charlie runs into in every episode, no hard evidence. Like she's always missing a key piece. And sometimes she's only able to get, like in the last episode, she never got all the evidence. And it was just the fact that 
the song was copyright infringement was mainly it and then a podcaster kind of put the the loose evidence out uh so you know getting the actual evidence needed to lock down this uh crime is usually something that is what what's eluding charlie at the end of the episode right And, uh, you know, she gets so much of the puzzle, but there's always a few connective pieces that are missing, right? Until the last moment, right? And how did they fake the heart attack, right? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Obviously, we know, right? So Charlie goes out to ask Pervy Pete. Because if anybody's going to know something about what Betty referred to as, quote-unquote, sexual zapping, of course Pervy Pete would, and of course he does, right? Because Betty notice them sexually zapping at the zoo uh and he's like yeah it's electro play you just gotta be you know you gotta be safe with it right all you need is a taser and an open mind right and uh charlie calls betty about the sexual zapping right and uh betty saw them using the taser while they were missing the monkey show betty missed the monkey show because she got distracted watching these ladies see what these ladies were doing, right? And Betty already confronted Irene that she saw them sexually zapping, right? So our, Irene's already put herself on these ladies' radar. And just then she notices that her Instapot is making a funny noise, which that's not good. A, pr a pressure cooker is making a funny noise. You got these ladies that are trying to cover up their tracks by silencing anybody that may have any evidence against them. She has evidence that places the potential fake heart attack as a, a legitimate thing. And of course, this noisy Instapot, go boom, Betty dead. Instapot go boom, Betty dead. Another Another person silenced. I mean, it's like... Even the M.O. is their old school way of what they were going to do to these kids. So it's like there is so much circumstantial evidence that is clearly pointing to them. But they're, they they got to silence the any kind of witnesses. Got to silence the witnesses. Cut to Charlie waiting for the ladies, right, as they get back into the room. She's already in the room. She's on the couch, lights a cigarette and or a joint. Not sure. Uh probably a joint it's like might as well this is your last weed connect for who knows how long might as well get she's in the apartment where the weed is might as well you know might as well get yourself a little blunt before you you hit the road uh, again but charlie confronts these ladies uh and she lays it out for them as you do in any great mystery in any great whodunit is that moment where the detective lays it all out for the criminal right and that's what charlie's doing to these ladies right The and she tells her, here's something you guys didn't realize. The heart monitor that you faked the the uh heart attack with never registered the defibrillator, which is a weird thing because it would have. Never registered. So there's another piece of evidence, right? And just in that moment, Joyce <laughs> starts to beat Charlie with a bedpan, right? Joyce gets kicked away. Charlie kicks her away. This is the best scene. This is so much fun to watch Charlie get in a fight with these two old ladies 
is amazing. And it is a fairly evened match where Charlie is just struggling to stay alive at this point because Joyce trying to beat her with a bedpan. Joyce gets kicked away, kind of falls into a piece of furniture. Then you have Irene jumping on Charlie's back, trying to sink in a rear naked choke, right? Trying to choke her out. Charlie somehow gets loose and hits Irene with her forearm, like brutal. And then Irene lets out this, uh, like this moan when she gets hit in the face with the forearm. Kind of hilarious. Then you have Joyce calling her a millennial, which Charlie <laughs> correcting her. I'm a cusper, damn it. Right. And then Joyce lands a few solid punches to Charlie's face. Then Charlie fires back with punches of her own, knocking Joyce back into Irene's wheelchair, right? Who, that is empty because, you know, Irene got out of her wheelchair to try and choke out Charlie. So Joyce gets knocked into the wheelchair, flips back over the back of the wheelchair, right? And then Irene grabs a, a knitting needle and stabs Charlie in the calf, right? You have Charlie letting out a... A yell cut to outside of the apartment where one of the ladies that heard them practicing their rage therapy just assumes that's what they're doing again inside of their apartment, right? So the fact that Charlie's letting out this loud-ass yell from being stabbed in the calf does nothing to indicate that she is in any kind of trouble. Absolutely hilarious fight, right? Then you have cut back inside where Irene tries to choke Charlie, but Charlie is able to like shoot uh, ball powder, like baby powder in her face, right? Followed by a kick to the head, which is brutal. You know, you have Irene on the ground, gets soccer kicked to the head, right? Very, br just adds to the funny of this, the brutality of this fight. Just only just see to see Charlie, who's like this, you know, Natasha Leone is is like a small lady, right? She's not like she's not Amanda Nunes, you know, fighting in the UFC. She's just like she's just like this chick that's trying to survive. And then you have these two older ladies that despite being old, one of them being paralyzed are formidable opponents. Right. So. Brutal. It's funny. And as Charlie goes to grab the taser, Joyce smashes a lamp on her back, right, knocking her down. Irene then trying to hold Charlie down, right, trying to get her arm, and then she gets ends up getting her arm bit as she tries to reach for the taser. Joyce gets a syringe out of the for of poison, right? She's like, "Go get her! I'm gonna hold her down. Go get the syringe, right? We gotta we gotta end this." And Irene is able to uh, knock Charlie out, right? She knocks her out. And Joyce is like, okay, I'm going to go inject her. And just as Joyce is about to inject Charlie with the same poison that they used to kill Ben, Charlie wakes up out of nowhere, is now able to grab the taser and kind of scare, backing them both off, right? And then she just decides to tase herself, right? And they're like, I think she just broke mentally like i don't understand why she would just kill herself with the taser because she tased herself and then she's just out she's laid out right and uh joyce goes to like well at least she's out i can finish the job with the the injection right because it probably didn't kill her it just knocked her out 
And just then, Charlie wakes up again, grabs her hand, right? Grabs Joyce's hand, uh, revealing that Charlie is wearing one of the bracelets, right? So she just faked a heart attack. She she mimicked what a taser would do to those bracelets that they did, only further giving evidence against these ladies. So kind of brilliant in a way. So she grabs the hand with the syringe. She's got, you see the bracelet on Charlie's hands, right? So of course, she's wearing one of the community bracelets. So of course, Billy sees that somebody just had a heart attack. So not only does Billy and some other nurse come crashing through the door, but also the police or the FBI, because of course, Charlie gave a heads up to Luca, right? So he is one of the people who are, burst through the door just before that you hear the sirens outside right and you have Joyce and Irene arrested they're in the back of a squad car you have Luca asking Charlie if she thought about joining the FBI clearly her she's got some abilities that would work well for the FBI uh, and she asks if he ever got if the FBI ever got the email that she sent from the first episode, the end of the first episode, when Charlie's leaving Vegas, she stops in that diner and she sends that picture from her friend that fr her friend had that took a picture of the whale's laptop of what I assume is child porn is the only thing I could assume that would be on somebody's laptop that would be worthy of calling the FBI on. And in the diner, when she's sending not only the police officer of that Vegas town, but also not Vegas town, but it's probably like some town outside of Vegas, not only emailing him, but also emailing the FBI at FBI.com. I think she emailed the CIA and Oprah. Right. So she's asking, hey, did the FBI ever get that email about Kashmir uh, or whatever the dude's name was? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't think that's even a thing. I don't think FBI at FBI.gov is a, a real email address. Uh, but he has no idea about it. Obviously, why would he? The FBI is pretty big. I don't think everybody everybody gets a, a bulletin for everybody that's committing a crime. Right. Uh, but she has his number. Right. If if she ever gets in a jam. So she's got an ally now that can help her out in law enforcement. I'm surprised she doesn't tell him. But anyway, she's got an ally. And he leaves as she's in a golf cart. She goes to turn it on to to leave as well. And when she turns the key on the golf cart, it starts making this weird clicking sound. And in that moment, she realizes that she's got to jump for her life. So as she jumps off of this golf cart, it blows up because, of course, Irene and Joyce had a little backup in case things didn't go well. Thankfully, Charlie was able to jump to safety, uh, narrowly escaping, narrowly surviving again. This is probably, aside from maybe the first episode, really, I, I, I think pretty much the only time Charlie's been in any kind of like real danger has been the first episode and now this episode so kind of great a lot of action hilarious fight scene with her and irene and joyce hilarious i so much fun and like irene and joyce how they planned and executed the murder brilliant brilliant one of my favorite episodes this episode so much fun right 
you have the badass old ladies. You have the smart plan to to kill Gabriel, right? Charlie starting off as like a huge fan friend of these people, and then realizing that they are actually far worse than she ever thought, right? Just kind of having everything recontextualized, right? Not only did Charlie's bullshit meter help her uncover the truth. Uh, piece by piece, but Charlie also had to fight for her life in this episode, right? She got in this episode that card for Luca. She's got a friend in the FBI, an ally that could help her out. I would have expected her to tell Luca, like she mentions the email and she's like, hey, by the way, because of this thing, which you could probably look up, look up the, the, the son of the owner of this casino who jumped off of the building. Maybe they blamed that on me. I don't know how I would have been able to push that guy off. But like, hey, there's this case. I am running for my life. Uh, hey, you got any kind of witness protection stuff you can help me out with? Like, it doesn't at all kind of go into the Sterling Frost situation or that Cliff is out to get her, right? Either way, she got his card. She has, and she knows, he knows she's legit. So they, it's a legit connection that she has, right? Um, and it's the first episode we don't see Charlie driving away. Obviously, she almost drove away in that golf cart. Clearly wasn't able to. But in the end of every episode is her in her car driving away. This is the first episode, not only that, this is the first episode we never see her car, which is a character in this show, almost, uh, her car, which I don't know the make and model of it, but, you know, it's a very unique car. Not many people drive it. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, it makes sense that she would want to kind of get away from it since it's something that indicates who she is and where she is, right? So kind of some interesting things from this episode, first times. Next episode is going to be season one, episode six, Exit Stage Death. That is what I will be talking about next Tuesday. In this episode, in the next episode, Charlie's w has a waitress job at a dinner theater uh, and is interrupted by a tragic death on stage during a performance by two washed up television stars. Uh, when she starts to investigate, deadly motivations come to light, as they always do. So that is where she will be working at a dinner theater. Uh, investigating a death that happened on stage. And for this episode, it is a wrap for this week's episode of the Poker Face Recap Podcast. Tune in next Tuesday for another recap of the latest episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube if you're watching this. Until then, keep your poker face on and see you next week. No bullshit. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.